I'm Nora Barry. And I'm Mike Adams. And this is the Story Mechanics. Where we diagnose, deconstruct, fix, and build stories. It's been said the pen is often mightier than the sword. Language and words can quite often be as dangerous as the sharpest of sabers. Here's Nora Berry to tell us about that. I was at lunch recently with a colleague who works for a multinational. She was having communications problems with her European team, which is kind of ironic considering that they're all in communications. But anyway, her problem was with a native German speaker. She herself is Latin American. She said, everybody on the team communicates in English. And I said, that doesn't necessarily mean you're all speaking the same language. We tend to think of a common language as a shortcut to understanding, but it's just as frequently the root of communication problems. That's because how we tell words, construct sentences, and relate stories is different in every language. Let me give you a quick word example. We tend to use the color red to describe things that are red for us. But there are actually some cultures where the color red can mean also green and black. In fact, a full range of dark colors. So if you asked a colleague from that culture for a red folder, he or she might bring you a green or black folder and wouldn't begin to understand why it was that you were so upset. Here's another example. In the U.S., we use very simple sentence construction. So, for example, we would say, I saw a blue dog. Your German counterpart would say, I have a blue dog seen. And the space between your construction of the sentence and their construction of the sentence is where people can fall into communications problems. How we talk changes how we tell stories as well. There are more than 1,500 documented versions of Cinderella from all around the world. The version that we tell here in the United States would be unrecognizable in China because there, Cinderella's mother actually comes back in the shape of a tree, and her magical helpers are the fish in the pond instead of the mice from her kitchen floor. There's even an Irish version where Cinderella is actually a Cinderfella. So if you went to tell that story, you would get a lot of confused looks depending on where you tell it. Language is powerful because it defines cultures and shapes stories, and that makes language dangerous. In Ireland, a couple of centuries back, the speaking of the Irish language was actually banned by the English. That law was followed shortly by another law banning education of the Irish. It was part of a systemic effort by the English to completely subjugate the Irish to their rule, and language was the battleground. In our era, despotic governments take a similar tactic. For example, when a coup occurs, the first thing that happens is the communication media is shut down. The internet goes down, the television is turned off, the radio is disconnected, because they don't want people hearing information. They want to control the flow of the information. The next thing that frequently gets banned is the public gathering of people, because when there are no electronic transmissions, the next most natural way for people, or rather I should say the first most natural way for people to share information, is by gathering together and telling stories. Don't forget that's how storytelling actually started, as a way of sharing strategic information. Language has become a battleground again today in our country. Social media is an Orwellian uber cop that polices how people speak and what they say. 
War is waged on words, and that has led to communication problems not only in the boardroom, but on college campuses and in the streets. Some of those communication challenges have actually led to physical confrontations. Our slow slide into oppressive silence reminds me of the fairy tale Harun and the Sea of Stories by the writer Salman Rushdie. Harun is a young boy whose father is a storyteller. However, his words dry up when the mother disappears. So Harun goes off on a quest to find his mother and bring her back so his father can start telling stories again. He ends up in a place called Kahani, which is a world divided into the world of lightness, where people speak and tell stories endlessly, and a world of darkness where nobody ever speaks. It's a, a shadow world is really how it's referred to. And when he gets to the, the world of light, he is shown the ocean of the sea of stories. And this ocean is alive with thousands and thousands of different ebbs and flows of stories and different colors. And the stories merge and they reshape and they retell each other. And the ocean of the stream of stories is gorgeous. And when Harun takes a sip from it, his spirits are restored because that's what happens when you hear a good story. However, the ocean of the stream of stories is being slowly poisoned by the people who live in night. They want to plug up the well, the language well, from which all of the stories spill, and they want to render the entire world silent. Harun gets diverted into this battle between lightness and darkness, and of course, because it's a fairy tale, he does win, and he brings his mother home. Rushdie wrote Harun while he was in hiding because of a fatwa issued by the Ayatollah Khomeini, if you remember him. The language in one of his books had offended the Ayatollah, who seemed to feel that the offense gave him the right to fire off a kill order for Rushdie. If that sounds repressive to you, that the Ayatollah actually wanted to kill Rushdie so he could silence him, consider the number of speakers who have not been permitted to speak on college campuses in the past few years because their views offended the college students. Think of the number of people shouted down in the streets when they've gone to give a speech at a demonstration. Think of the number of people shouted off Twitter and isolated because of something that they said caused several people discomfort or several people disagreed with it. Of course, the attempt to control language is not a new thing. It extends back centuries which may be why the founders of our own country enshrined the freedom of speech as our first right. They didn't define it as a freedom of speech only if your words were not considered offensive or microaggressive, because they themselves were saying a lot of things that pissed off the top people in England. No, the founders gave us the right to speak up, speak freely, and speak it out loud, even when the whole world disagrees with you. We have that right. Language is powerful. The words we use can soothe the baby to bed at night or set two countries against each other in war. But that doesn't mean we can ban language and stories that we don't understand or with which we do not agree. Because even if we did all end up speaking the same language, there's still no guarantee we'd all be saying the same thing. We're finished telling this story, but the narrative continues next week with another. Join us then, and as always, leave us your stories and your feedback on our blog, thestorymechanics.blogspot.com. The Story Mechanics Podcast is produced by Bridgeview Media 
You can find us at www.bridgeviewmedia.com. Thank you.